Yeah. Hey, Julio. I'm about to make the street do the Julio. I got them dirty birds, call me Julio. Soon as the work touch, we make it Julio. Me and my plug sipping down Julio. You out of bounds, we touching down like Julio. I got them dirty birds, call me Julio. Soon as the work touch, we make it Julio. Me and my plug sipping down Julio. You out of bounds, we touching down like Julio. One o'clock, Sunday pack, touchdown. Yeah. All green grass, stretch a hundred yards. Waiting on the chill, then my Florida boys. Say he wants some dolphins, ask me what I charge. Welcome back to the All Things Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Julian. I'm here with my co-producer, Small Town EP. We got a special guest along with us tonight as well. Y'all heard him on the podcast before. Y'all seen him on Instagram. Y'all seen him at the comedy show. Y'all, y'all repping his clothing brand, CEO of uh, Never Fold World. It's always love when he comes by. J1, what up, bro? What's going on, man? I got a lot. I got a lot to get off my chest today, man. I love it. I got a, a lot to say today. Basketball fan in general. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm all things sports for real. I really follow majority of the sports. Let's get it. Y'all heard it. Hey, EP, what up, man? How you been, bro? I'm well, man. I'm well. You know what I'm saying? A little late, but I'm fresh off that Super Bowl win since I get to talk my shit now. <laughs> Heard that. Nah, nah. But um, I wanted to talk about a bunch of shit tonight because we haven't spoken since the Super Bowl. EP, congratulations. Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Who would have thought, right? It's Patrick Mahomes then. Um, I will say this. We did not expect this outcome uh, in September. I don't think that we... Wait, wait, I I will backtrack. I believe you said the win. No, 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 that was the MVP prediction. You didn't get a Super Bowl prediction. You said that you think the winner of the MVP would be the winner of the uh, the team that wins the AFC West. So I'll give you that. I don't think For you sure. truly below, uh, believed in your bones that the Chiefs would win this year. But that's what great coaching and, um, you know, great, team chemistry does and an amazing quarterback play so shout out to the chief shout out to isaiah pacheco specifically holding it down for the islands caribbean islands uh puerto rico and dominican republic you know i think he's the first puerto rican dominican nfl player to win a super bowl look at that and i think al horford was like the first dominican to win a finals so shout out to you know dr putting in work um Baseball is coming up, and the World Baseball Classic is coming up. DR has a chance to go and win that. It's going to be a lot of fun coming up in March, so we'll be able to talk some shit about that. Um, and baseball season in general, Red Sox up. In the meantime, NBA season is kind of heating up. It's heating up right now. We we post All-Star break. We all, you know, I'm sure sat through some of All-Star weekend, and um, I don't know how much of you guys watched any of the – all-star game itself i didn't pay too much attention i probably tuned in for the first quarter and turned it off but um we got to figure out a way for the nba to fix that so we're going to get into that we're going to get into college hoops we're going to get into eps epl and champions league and we got some some nfl talk you know going so we'll start there in the nba though and and right off the bat with that all-star game bro and uh, what do you guys think 
the NBA can do to uh, try to fix this this All Star game in which nobody cares to watch and nobody tries, frankly. Um, I mean, the game has gotten to the point where it just doesn't it doesn't even look entertaining anymore. Personally, um, I didn't pay any attention to it at all. But I mean. In my opinion, I say keep all of the skills challenges, things like that. But the game itself on Sunday, I, I, I think that we can do away with it at this point. Kind of got to follow what the NFL did too. <laughs> nah, facts. Jay, what do you think about this All Star game? How can how can the NBA fix this? Because because it's a product that you know nobody cares about. Nobody wants to watch on Sunday, and it used to be at least somewhat competitive. But what kind of maybe incentive can the NBA give? What what can they do to fix this? Yeah, I would say like I think one of the problems with the the NBA All Star Game is that the NBA and basketball in general has moved to such a a culture of wanting to load manage it or wanting to avoid injury. So obviously, when you have your All Star Game, as opposed to like the Pro Bowlers at the end of the year, when you have your All Star Game in the middle of the NBA season, no one wants to risk injury, and then also the All Star Game is looked at as like uh, a week where guys can just, you know, take a vacation, whatever the case may be. But how do you, how do you motivate professional athletes? It's always about money. Yeah. It's always about money. So if you say, okay, all right, the winning team's going to get 2 million or some kind of incentive, you know, all-star, all-star MVP is going to get. Yeah, exactly. I think the only, that's the only way you could really motivate professional athletes is the money. No, I agree. Uh, money is, is is what makes the world go round. I mean, these guys are the the all stars. Typically, aside from the young guys that are on rookie deals and and young deals, um, are making you know north thirty million. So it's like, is two million dollars even going to be an incentive? Not to say two million dollars isn't a nice lump sum of cash, but um, you did mention it's the middle of the season. It's a time where players want to ease up on things they're trying to get their bodies right for a late finals run in the summer you know is the two million dollars essentially going to be worth you know going after it at, on a, on an all-star game to me you know it, it's basketball they they're this is their profession like it shouldn't be so frowned upon to try a little hard or or give some competitiveness to it because you know you you, you are getting paid at the end of the day this is an honor that you you made this this all-star game you know kind of show up show up for the fans you know they're spending good money on it and it's one of those things where i see both sides but um it, it should be like you know it's part of the job i'll, I'll say this uh, a lot of my favorite instagram clips are in the off season of all the players in new york and in la and they're playing one-on-one drew league because those games are super exciting those motherfuckers is not getting paid for those games either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. And I'm also, I'm not saying like, yo, go hard like it's the, you know, NBA finals. But like hands on your hips, like really just showing no effort and getting back on defense. Like like guys laying up the ball with a player not even like 10 feet around them. Like that's a little unacceptable to me. You know? Yeah, disrespecting the game in general. Like um in the MLB, they do home field advantage, or they started doing that where the winner of the All-Star game, you know, gets home field advantage for the World Series. And even something like that, just give the players some sort of motivation to say, you know what, if we win this game, it'll work It'll work in our favor down the line. The thing in the NBA is that, I mean, this is with baseball and basketball, is that, you know, 
just because you make the all-star game, i.e. Dame Lillard, doesn't mean you're going to be playing for that home court advantage in the finals, right? So there's that, um, you know, you run into that roadblock. But Adam Silver, I mean, he's he's found some innovative you know, ways to, to make things creative in the NBA. He's also looking at play-in uh, tournaments, and he did bring the play into the league. So I'm sure there's something up his sleeve he can figure out. I just hope he does it sooner than later because, like, this to me was the worst of the worst as far as All-Star games. And we had a we had an exciting dunker in the dunk contest. I don't think the whole contest yeah. was exciting, but Mac McClung, we do have to shout him out because he put on a show and he had Twitter – going crazy there was jokes white boy black history month and <laughs> this is crazy but you got to shout him out he was clearly the best dunker on the floor um and what i respect most about mac mcclung is that he dunked every dunk on one attempt right this when the dunk yeah, contest impressive. became yeah it became this like you get seven tries or you get a minute and a half like Come on. It used to be like, yo, two tries. You remember NBA Live, bro? You you try two times, you mess up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Exactly. I mean, but but that was exciting. And then Dame Lillard lit it up. You know, Tyler Hero shit the bed. I didn't expect him to, to go out that sad. But, hey, you can't win them all. I hope he uh, I hope he finds a hot streak here in, in, in the late season so that the Heat can uh, can go on a deep run. It's not looking too, too good, though. Um, We'll stay in the I know NBA. It, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go it ahead. might be kind of one more thing. I would say I know it might be kind of bad to say this, but I think that unfortunately, like Utah isn't the most flattering city to have like your All Star game. You know, so like I think like the major cities. I think you're gonna see like a more major event or like the players just they want a ball. They want to be more involved with All Star. I think players probably didn't even want to be in Utah to begin with. So I'm like, you know, if it was like Houston, Miami, you know, L A. Like I think you yeah. would have seen like more stars come out. Like just a more star-studded event for sure. Definitely. You didn't see too many celebrities in there <laughs> being as exactly. though it was in Utah. I find it funny that obviously Afrobeats took a spike in the music industry in 2022, so it was only right that it got the love it deserved for All-Star Weekend. But, like, how ironic that the first time, you know, you have, like, this Afrobeats star-studded cast for musicians <laughs> are rocking the stage in Utah, like, <laughs> it just it just looked a little backwards. So, um, shout out to Post Malone. I guess Post Malone was pretty appropriate, right? <laughs> yeah. So, hey, we're gonna stay in the NBA. Head coach Nate McMillan fired. I wanted to hear your thoughts real quick on that, uh, Jay, and then we'll go to E. Did you think it was deserving? One and two. Um, follow up question: Can Trey Young lead this team to a finals uh, as their number one? Um, I would say I don't like the firing only because, um, sorry if I'm wrong, but I want to say maybe like two seasons ago, Nate McMillan had the Hawks in the conference finals, maybe like two games away from the NBA finals against the Bucks. I'm like, so if, if Nate McMillan was prepared to do that on an interim basis, like why pull the plug on him now? And on top of that, they pull the plug when he's about what, one game under 500. I mean, in my opinion, um, I thought he was doing a really good job. I think he was just having some pushback maybe from Trey. I think that, that might have came that might have been like a player decision. Um, do I believe that Trey can um lead a team as a number one? Um I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes, just because he's a guy who can score at value. 
and he's a guy who gets other people involved. But I think he needs a couple pieces around him to shield him defensively. I think he definitely needs a wing score. I don't know if DeJounte Murray is the wing score they're looking for, but he's definitely a guy who can help pick up the slack for him defensively for sure. Yeah, I agree. What about you, E? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm kind of similar to Jay. I didn't like the firing. Um, one game under 500 in the middle of a, in the middle of a playoff run. Like I get in the play in, but you're in the middle of a playoff run. I get that you're only I think it's like two games ahead of Detroit that's just out of the play in. Um, but you're also only four games behind the six seed. So like you're literally in the middle of a playoff push with. Trey Young, who, you know, has had his ups and downs this season, but he is an elite scorer. He's an elite player. Like, he annoys people because of his style of play is just so unique and so awkward, but it works. It works for them. And, I, yeah, I agree. Adding Dewante Murray to that equation, it's like firing your coach in the middle, towards the end of the season. But, again, you're in the middle of a playoff push right now, and that leadership is definitely going to be missed in that locker room. What also what also rubs me the wrong way about that is that it's also been reported that they're planning on hiring Quinn Snyder. So it's just like it's it's always weird to see a head coach get fired. I don't even think I've ever seen that a head coach get fired and someone get hired that's outside of the organization mid season right, rather right than off you the give bat, it to yeah. exactly rather than you give it to the associate head coach or the top assistant like because usually like as a player I, I would believe that you would want to hear a voice that's already in your locker room. You know, like when Steve Nash was gone, you know, they hired from within rather than, OK, we're going to bring in Mark Jackson like that. That seems weird, honestly. Well, you know, it's funny you say that we, we got to remember Landry Fields, former forward for the Knicks, just got promoted to general manager as uh, Atlanta Hawks, or excuse me, promoted as Atlanta Hawks general manager just before this season. And um, frankly, this is his first general managing job. I won't judge him as a good or bad one, but I'll say this is a bold decision he's made. I think that he came in with an agenda this year like, hey, I think this franchise could use a better coach going forward in general. I do agree with E, you know, midseason, it's it's a little eh, because going back to your point as well, Jay, this is a team that was able to make the playoffs two years ago, get it to a deep run and they haven't necessarily they've drafted well, you know, with the with you know John Collins, Trey Young, um, and DeAndre Hunter, who hasn't necessarily been able to stay healthy. Um, but the like the Cam Reddish thing didn't work out. Uh John Collins being, you know, talked about in trade talks the last season and a half. And to me, this is just like Landry Fields didn't really feel that this is going to be his guy moving forward regardless so um it's it's kind of easy to point the finger at this point when you look at the hawks i think it's disappointing that the hawks really were a first round exit last year granted they had to play a tough miami heat team who took boston to seven games in the eastern conference finals but that was a team the year before went to the eastern conference finals and then went on to get gentlemen sweeped and this year are kind of fighting at that seven, eight seed and seven, eight, nine seed, you know? So I, I won't say it's, it's a horrible fire, but I wouldn't say it's, it's the best decision. I think Nate McMillan, Nate McMillan is a really good coach in this league. And this had to be something where, yeah, the players voice probably outshine the coaches at this point And, and they're just trying to find some new, you know, some new blood. Um, 
there has, I, there has to be something interesting going on with Nate McMillan because he, I think he left Indiana under those same kind of um, circumstances where he was, he had like a winning record. He had them moving in the right direction. Like there, there, there may be something behind the scenes um, where Nate McMillan might not get along with players well or, or something to that degree. Yeah, there has to be. Cause I mean, looking at, looking at how the, how the East is shaping up right now, that playing series, if you're Atlanta, you know, no offense to your Miami Heat and, you know, Toronto and I forgot who I forgot who's in the in that nine spot. But um that looks that looks like a pretty you're two and one against Toronto this season. Like the other teams are kind of struggling. You have a, a very good core group that plays well together. You guys just make mistakes throughout the game, don't finish games well and, and like those little tidbits have to be figured out for sure, for sure. Yeah, uh Washington sitting at the nine seed right now. Um and, and I'll say go. this. You know, Brooklyn and New York are at the five and six seed. I don't think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a five seed or a six seed by the time the season's over. They're probably a play in, if not miss the playoff type of team. Um, They'll probably get a play in, though. Um, But you got to imagine the heat move up. They've they added Kevin Love and Cody Zeller at the at the buyout market. Um, Atlanta they're going to have to figure it out. You know, they can either rise to the occasion or they can kind of plummet after they lose their coach. Um, Washington and Toronto have been playing just, I guess, mediocre basketball all season. Right. And so the playing is going to be interesting, but at the same time, I've always said this with the playing, just to not, not to get too much off topic, but with the playing, you know, those teams typically are out of the playoffs right after they play that series anymore, or that, you know, get out the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. play, excuse me, play in. Because, you know, you're going to have to play uh, Boston or Milwaukee. Like, let's be real, Atlanta. The only team in the play-in right now that I can see competing with Boston and Milwaukee is the Miami Heat. And I don't say that as a bias fan. I say that because we've seen it. And even this year, I don't think the Miami Heat have enough to beat Boston in seven games or Milwaukee, but I do think that they can take them to a six-game series and, and make it somewhat competitive. Um, all that being said, look, Atlanta's going to have to figure it out. Quinn Snyder would be a good hire, though. I'm not I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, Quinn Snyder going to Atlanta and, you know, I, Trey Young, to, to, to answer my own question, I don't know that Trey Young can be the number one guy on the team in a finals run. I know we did see them two years ago in an Easter conference finals, but you saw when they played Giannis, there, there, there was no match. Like not to say they didn't win two games. Almost, I, They won two games, right? I think it went to six. I don't think it went to seven. Um, but the defensive thing with Trey young and as ball dominant as he is, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. You know, if you're going to be that ball dominant and not play any type of defense, I don't I don't see Trey Young uh I don't see that. He's gonna have to get a, a perimeter wing, you know, offensive scorer just like J1 said, and a guy that can truly take over a game on both sides of the floor. I think that's what all NBA teams need. And you look at the best teams in the league right now, and they have um a really great perimeter defender. If you look at the Warriors, obviously Steph Curry is an anomaly and they had Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green right beside him, right? But you know, Giannis, Tatum, Brown, um, guys like that. And and that's why teams like, to me, the Nuggets have 
they they don't have too much playoff success because they don't have that wing that can you know stop the ball and um, attack the attack the uh, or defend the point of attack I should say so that's kind of my thoughts on the uh, Trey Young Atlanta Hawks situation Nate McMillan he had a good career in Atlanta but I guess it wasn't good enough to Landry Fields I'm gonna be excited to see. What they do in the future, though, this offseason going forward with a new coach and and how they try to reshape this roster because yeah, they, they can't. They definitely have a lot of decisions to make. Yes, sir. Talking about decisions, I want to talk about pressure. Who's under the most pressure right now in the NBA, player wise, to win a finals this year? You got a bunch of guys who, you know, you can look towards and say, hey, it's about time. Hey, is this your year? When is it going to be? Give me two guys right now that you guys feel each are under the most pressure to win a ring this year. I'm going to let you I'll go first, Jay. Okay. I would say um, number one um, will be Nikola Jokic. Um, I don't think he's he's had a, a dominant playoff performance yet. And for a guy who's, if I'm correct, is going on his third MVP most likely. Um, yep. Third in a row, in a row, am I? Yep, yep, yep. Three. So for someone to have three MVPs in a row and not be challenging for a championship, also being a number one seed this year, uh, that's a, that's a ton of pressure, especially in a loaded Western Conference. You're the number one seed. You're the impending MVP. Definitely on the hot seat to get it done. Anybody else? Um, I would definitely say um. I would definitely say um, Kevin Durant as well, because um, in my opinion, Kevin Durant has had his his choice of where he's always wanted to go, where he's always wanted to be, and he's always been in the situation where, okay, I want to go somewhere where I have a chance to win the championship. I have a chance, or the roster is is good enough to win the championship. So now there's no more excuses. It's like now you were you were Devin Booker, you were Aiden, you were CP3. Um, a couple good surrounding pieces. Uh, Terrence Ross, they just added. It's no excuses. You, you're expected to perform now. I like that. EP, I'm going to let you go before I before I do. Um, I would say Nikola Jokic for sure. I'm going to agree with that one. Only because, like, if you, like you were just saying, if you go back-to-back-to-back MVPs and you don't even sniff, you know what I mean, <laughs> that last series, you know, um, that's an issue. But my like person that has is under the most pressure is going to be Russell Westbrook. You switch arenas, but you switch teams, but you're in the same arena at this point, and you're put in place on a team that essentially at number four in the West, it's working right now and it's efficient right now. Um, and I think, I think it's Russell Westbrook. I think he he is under the most like, like I need to get this monkey off my back. And if he wins a ring in L.A. I think it makes those triple double averages look uh, a lot, a lot more, a lot nicer. You know what I mean? Like he he puts a ring on it, and you can't really tell him anything at that point. All the antics, all the I I, I did it. You know, so I think Russell Westbrook is my guy. Hundred percent. So we'll all agree on Jokic, right? And for the reasons you guys said, I just agree hundred percent. So I'm not even gonna touch that. But uh, to East Point. <laughs> The Clippers ain't win. I don't see the Clippers winning the finals. I think it's just a Clippers thing. The Clippers have this bad luck uh, uh, over their over their head, where one their stars don't even play all the time. So I'm not sure how that's gonna handle. 
Um, they are fourth in the West, and I, I, I like that. I like the Russell Westbrook addition. It, it, it looks good on paper. Something about that Clippers team. Weren't they up 3-1 to Dallas or, or something, and, and they lost? Yeah, so, and they ended up losing, yep. So with that being said, my second guy, and hear me out. I, I love the Kevin Durant because, yeah, you're right. Um, totally. Ex- exactly what you said. And CP3 can be looked at in the same manner as far as way, yeah. been on great teams, moved from team to team, not been able to stay healthy, and also not been able to finish the job. However, I'm going to take a different route here. I want to see if you guys feel what I'm saying or not. And if you disagree, please let me know. Giannis Antetokounmpo, right? And the reason I say Giannis Antetokounmpo is under a lot of pressure this year is because I think it's wide open for him right now. Right. The league got better in the West for sure. And, and it's it's going to be a tough road. Right. But this this league was tough when Jordan was playing. This league was tough when LeBron was coming up and it, it's tough right now. And that's just the nature of the game. But if Giannis Antetokounmpo and I'm talking in terms of him solidifying himself as one of the greatest or next greatest of all time, which I think he has a fair shot to be with his trajectory and his skill set. I think it starts now like. He was. Losing in the fight, losing in the playoffs early in his career, his team didn't have enough. He didn't have the jump shot. He wasn't, you know, dangerous enough. He had to play LeBron. He had to play those Celtics, a young Jason Tatum at that. Now he's in his prime or in just getting to it. The most dominant guy in the league. The East is wide open. Like if if, if Boston is your problem you should be lucky because last year Boston was what got in the way and you didn't have your other starter, Chris Middleton. You should have him back if you're in the playoff, when you make the playoffs this year. And then you look at the West, you got guys like the Suns who got better. Kevin Durant, that's, you know, I can't, I can't, uh, can't really say because we haven't seen that play out yet. That's just paper. Kyrie and Luca look very good. But if you ask me, if you wanted to see Nuggets, Bucks, uh, excuse me, not Nuggets, Bucks, Mavs, Bucks. I think the the Bucks dominate that series, and um, they match up well versus every other team, right? I think the only team in the West right now is is the Suns that you look at, who was the team they beat in the finals two years ago. So Giannis Antetokounmpo, just for the sake of his legacy, and you know he's still young, but it starts somewhere, right? And and LeBron James was getting scrutinized when he lost to the Spurs in 07 in his third, fourth, in his fourth year in the league. And then he got scrutinized when JJ Berea held him to eight points in the fourth quarter in 2011. So like you have to start looking at the stars of this game now and, and the next generation of amazing talent and put the pressure that we put on the greats before them. So that's kind of what I'm doing with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I think it's wide open for him and he can go and win the finals, um, and he has a great chance. So if he doesn't, we got to look at the Bucks and, and Giannis. Like, is it? I mean, what is it? You know, why can't the Bucks exactly. win this year? Well, who's stopping them? Who's stopping them? They have everything they need. They got better. They got Jay Crowder at the deadline, right? Chris Middleton should be coming off injury. They just got Myers Leonard, superstar, and no, I'm playing. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Giannis. As far as storylines, did you guys have any storylines? post all-star break that you're that you're maybe intrigued by or or anything like that um i definitely want to see how how john morant responds you know because he made some bold statements about how he he doesn't see anybody in the west he said he's looking forward to the celtics that's the only team he sees so um 
it's okay. I'm all. I love. I love when players make bold statements like that, and I even I love it even more when they when they follow up on their statements when they can back it up. But um, they've been on a bit of a losing streak. I just want to see how he how he responds. You know, um, the West definitely got better. Now he has to um go see Kyrie. Now he has to go see KD. So the West definitely got better. And you know, uh, I'm a little biased. The Lakers are 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 hopefully heading in the right direction as well. So that's just another team that got better. A whole bunch of teams got better. So it's like, how, how are you going to respond? Are you going to make that run? I see your Lakers over there sitting at 13th in the West. I see you. I see you. Oh, I, you know, we, we're about, what, two games out of sixth or something like that, though. The West yeah. is tight. No, it's very tight. And um, speaking of John Morant, you know, he's got his team at second in the West. Um, it's it, – from that play-in, that whole play-in, you know, is is all like one game, one game apart, two games apart. Um, now, I will say this: Sacramento has been holding on. E right, there's about 22, 23 games left, minus today and tomorrow. Whenever you guys hear this, there's probably going to be a, a good twenty-one twenty. Um, this is the stretch that the Kings need to hold on for for dear life, and. They didn't make any moves at the break, not to say they necessarily needed to. Being at third in the West and, you know, making the move they made for Sabonis last year, it they look good. But, Jay, you haven't been here. I've been saying this all season. I don't believe post-All-Star break the Kings are going to be able to sustain a top-four seed in this West. And now, especially, this was even before Kyrie and KD became Western Conference All-Stars. So, you know, you look at that, you put that in the mix. If Zion gets back healthy, obviously when Curry gets healthy, the Warriors are going to zoom back up top. And, you know, Utah was playing really good basketball to start the season. Do they find another surge? Portland's there. Do they find a surge? Like, I don't think the Kings are going to stay top four, top five in the West. So it's going to shake up real nice. The Lakers, though, they do have to win probably like, what, 15 or so out of the next 23, 22 games. And it's a, it's a tough task. You know, you got LeBron James, so I'll never put it past him. But mm-hmm. uh, it's a stretch, bro. It's a big stretch. Yeah, we definitely need we definitely need some teams to slide as well. And, I mean, I hate I hate the position that we're in because just, just in sports in general, you know, like when you, when you dig yourself a hole in the first half of a game, the first two quarters of a game, it's always harder to fight out of, out of that. You know, so, um, like I said, I can't bet against LeBron, you know, because like once once he gets in the playoffs, um, anything is possible. You see, um, before AD got hurt in the Phoenix series, they had Phoenix, the impending Western Conference champions. They had him on the wall. So it's hard to bet against LeBron and AD. 100 percent. E, did you have any storylines before we move on? Yeah, I think that's the biggest one. I think everybody um, is going to be super critical of this final run that the Lakers make, and uh, in particular, the final run that LeBron makes, because that's how they're going to look at it. No one's going to really talk about the run that the Lakers make. They're going to talk about the run that LeBron made. Um, I can't tell you whether they will or will not make a play and make a playoff. Um, I don't think that this season really affects LeBron at all at this point. I know that him as a professional, as a personal, you know, as a as a human being and as a competitor, obviously he wants nothing more but just to make it into the dance, you know, because from there, like you guys said, anything is possible. Um, but I don't think it's as big as the media is kind of making it out. A lot of people are talking about legacy. What does this mean to his career in Los Angeles so far? You know, putting asterisks on the bubble championship and 
and I don't I don't think that the season is that serious. Shit, I'll say this: it, it won't it won't affect LeBron's legacy if they do or uh, if they don't make the playoffs. If they do, it should affect his legacy for the greater, in the sense that this was not by any means a playoff team in the first half of the season. Um, the fact that they did get better at the break helps, but I mean it could be too little too late you know Rob Palenka made a lot of good moves getting D'Angelo Russell Vanderbilt uh Beasley but those aren't names you're gonna look back on and say hey man the Lakers went and got D'Angelo Russell and you know and and Malik Beasley at the break like and you know if Anthony Davis can't come in and drop 28 a game as he should I mean what are we talking about that's that's kind of the the key of this whole thing health and dominance. Anthony Davis is supposed to be a top five player in this league right now. And unfortunately, due to health and inconsistencies, we can't say he's top 10. So that's that's LeBron didn't sign up for a top 20 Anthony Davis, right? He signed up for a top 10 Anthony Davis. Uh, It's fair enough that he got him for for the 2020 season. And Anthony Davis had a great championship season. Um, and you got to give credit to the Lakers for that. And LeBron, as far as being a Laker, bringing that championship gold home must be a great thing. Um, but we all know LeBron strives for playoffs and, and, and championships every year. So the fact that it's like make the playoffs, win the champ, miss the playoffs, then make them win the championship, then miss, then miss. Like it's a lot of inconsistencies. And uh, Kobe would be upset, to say the least. Right. So. I'll leave I'll leave the Lakers alone with that one. Shout out to Jay. Shout out to my pop. Shout out to a Raf. All Laker fans. Um and we hope the best for you guys, man. We we like seeing the Lakers play good. Just like the Knicks, man. As much as much as I'm a Heat fan and, you know, we'll we'll always be the big brother, if you will. We like to see them ball. Why not? It's a lot of fans around the country that rep the purple and gold and the orange and blue, right? And 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 the world is a ha- – I won't say a better place. Well, I'll say better because when it's a happier place, it's a better place. Um, let's let's take a take a 180. We're going to go to the NFL now. It's enough basketball talk. Um, so I appreciate you guys' insight and thoughts on, on, on what this basketball season has become. I'm excited to see where it's going to go from here post-All-Star break. Hopefully Jay can join us again before the season's over so that we can – kind of update each other on where where things are standing for Um, sure but i wanted to talk about the philadelphia eagles that super bowl run they had man it was it was an amazing thing and jay when you were on the podcast i was telling you 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 came on the podcast for for the real ones who who remember jay and and watched the episode on youtube shout out to you he came on when he made his uh his first drop so let's talk about that real quick before we talk about the Eagles, actually. You know, how's, how's that been with the clothing, man, that, that looked like a success on your first drop? So shout out to you on that. Talk to us on how that went. Uh, it definitely was successful. You know, like when, when you start anything new, whether it's like um, when you first started uh, this podcast or um, when you start anything new, um, you know, like maybe your first episode, you're probably like, dang, when, it, when, when is the support going to roll in? So like my first day, I'm like, man, when are the orders going to roll in? When are the orders going to roll in? But I just had to tell myself, you know, I'm confident in what I put out there, um, and when they come, they come. Um, and if they don't come, it's just a learning lesson, you know. Um, instead of like getting down on myself, uh, worrying and um, just being self-conscious, I just said, you know, they're gonna come, and eventually they did, and eventually I ended up selling out. Look at that! So it definitely was a successful drop. 
Nah, we love to hear that for you. I wish we had like horn sounds for him right now. I know, I know. We need a personal one. I'm never opposed to clapping, you know, for for the round of applause. But what I will say with with those words, man, yeah, I mean, it's it's, when you bet on yourself, seldom do you disappoint yourself. If you put the work in and you trust and have faith, good things happen. So shout out to you, man. We're looking forward for the next drop. You know, I got I got my shirt. I'm I'm looking forward for the next one. I got to grab me a hat. You know, I've been in this transition moving to New York City and life has been moving a little fast for me. So I've been trying to slow down and, and catch up in a sense. But uh, I'm almost there. And, and hopefully you, you working on. So I know you're always working. So when are you when are you going to start? the uh, When are you going to start the Instagram? get high and and fuck around on photoshop thing again (laughs) (laughs) oh man i just been like uh just in like a you know like a creative block you know like a lot of times uh, love does yeah you just (laughs) (laughs) i just like that's real sometimes sometimes i just can't i can't think creatively sometimes sometimes i need uh one thing that that always helped me or like i took advice from a, another creator that i like look up to um he said sometimes you have to go out and live and like when you live your life and you go outside and you like experience things and you you, you your creative juices start flowing because you start to see like things around you like you start to go different places so i think that's what i need to do i need to get out a little bit more live a little bit more just just so i can refresh now you definitely hit the nail on the head and it's funny it, you know you mentioned you you compared it to possibly my podcast when I started and yeah I agree um even to the point where you just said sometimes you need to go outside and live like I made this move to New York City it was a new thing for me you know I didn't really know many I probably knew like two people here thankfully I've made a lot of friends and a lot of connections um in the 4 or 5 months that I've been up here but E will tell you I I was avoiding the microphone I I wasn't necessarily in a in a mental space to just come on and record and talk sports. I wasn't focused on watching sports and doing my studies because it was just like an overwhelming feeling of being outside and meeting new people and, you know, just experiencing a new city for the first time, um, like full time uh, at this age. And so I was kind of in a mental block and, and I wasn't able to really get it up. So now the fact that I settled in probably a good month and a half to two months after um, we've, we've, the ball's been rolling and I think things have been good and, and things are looking even more up from now. So by the way, shout out to you. I know you 23, they call you 23. It's the 23rd of February. I didn't realize the correlation. Definitely. So it's, it's just funny how <laughs> things work, but um, let's yeah, talk about this. NFL. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about this NFL. Cause why I wanted to say, and why I even brought up the fact that you were on the episode early September is because we were talking about the Eagles, and I know you're a big supporter of the Eagles. As a Ravens fan, you fuck with Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. and I respect that. Um, Jalen Hurts coming out of Alabama, we all know what happened, right? He was benched for Tua. Tua comes in and throws a game winner for the champ, finishes the game, and throws a game winner for the national championship. Jalen Hurts, still one then, of the craziest things ever, right? For sure. Uh, Jalen Hurts, and and he threw that touchdown pass to Devontae Smith, who, fast forward, is the wide receiver playing in the Super Bowl for Jalen Hurts or with Jalen Hurts. But Jalen Hurts then transfers out, goes to play with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, has one of the best seasons um, out there, Heisman candidate, then gets drafted in the second round. Eagles, everybody questioned it, right? Everybody's like, first of all, you got Carson Wentz. You don't need a quarterback. Why'd you waste it? Needed a wide receiver, this, that, and the third. Could have took defense. 
Jalen Hurts is the future, and we see that Jalen Hurts is a top five quarterback in this league right now as we stand. Um, one of the best decisions in Eagles franchise history was taking him in the second round, and I think not just his skill set, but his mentality and his maturity um, for his age, right? At that position, we know what comes with it. Philadelphia is a tough city to play in. They've embraced him, and he had some ups and downs in his rookie year, got benched toward the end, came back in, started his second year or whatever, you know, got fully started this year under a second-year head coach, and they just figured it out. Great offensive line. They put pieces on defense. They got A.J. Brown, signed him to the extension, and this is what happens when you put players around your quarterback um, who are playmakers, right? And and we see a Super Bowl season that ended, you know, pretty sad, but at the same time, there's a promising future. Um, speaking of the Eagles, I wanted to bring up the comments that A.J. Brown meant, you know, he said, I don't know if either of you heard it, but he was in an interview, not sure who interviewed him. And they they basically were talking about Jalen Hurts contract because, you know, that in a second round as a second round pick, you don't have that fifth year option. So, you know, after the fourth round, after the fourth year team, you know, you're going to start trying to renegotiate your deal with the team. Jalen Hurts deserves all the money in the world. If you ask me, I'm sure both of you guys would agree. Um A.J. Brown said, listen, Howie, which is the GM of the uh, Eagles, <laughs> listen, Howie, pay him that money. And if you guys don't pay him, just go ahead and trade me wherever he go. <laughs> and he he made it a little laughy. It was funny. He was like, yo, pressure's on. And it was, it was a joke. But at the same time, it was dead ass serious. And, you know, a guy like him is like, look, this is the guy for the team. I'm the one that's catching the balls for, from him. And I'm telling you firsthand, you guys need to pay him. What do you guys make of that? Do you guys agree with uh, the fact that Jalen Hurts needs to be one of the top paid quarterbacks in this league coming up? E? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, after after what they turned into this year and after the Super Bowl run that they made, how dominant uh, he looked, how efficient he looked with that O-line in front of him, um, the chemistry is there. Uh, the the athleticism's there. You you got to pay him because he he is not only is his play right, but his personality, his demeanor, um, on and off the field is top notch. That's definitely a leader. You know, a leader is more than just like a quarterback, your number one option. Like it's someone who literally does that, who like guides people to follow him to somewhere, and that's what that team did this year. To be honest, hundred percent. Jay, what do you think? Yeah, I love the comments by AJ Brown. I mean, obviously, I think it was it was said in a light manner. It wasn't like on some like to be super serious, but um, you like to, you like to see like um, you like to see a receiver going to bat for his quarterback, like like Pam, because he's I think he obviously sees what's going on with Lamar, and um, and when when you have that looming contract, um, it's just a distraction. It's a distraction, especially like a team that just went to the Super Bowl. You know that was playing amazing. That has a a, a first round pick early. That's pretty much bringing everyone back. Like he sees that. All right, we can keep this going for another two, three seasons, wherever the case may be. Um, you definitely love to see a guy going to bat for his quarterback like that. Hell yeah! And it's sad to see it in in other places in the NFL, specifically Northeast region, Baltimore. Um, you know, had had this contract situation been handled before the season, 
when we were talking about it back in September, I think that there's a fair chance Lamar Jackson puts it all on the line and goes out and competes against the Cincinnati Bengals in the first round. And there's a good chance they, they win that game. Right. Um, there was no way Lamar Jackson was going to go out there on a bad knee um, without a contract. And I don't think there's any way he's going to go out there without a contract this year for the Baltimore Ravens. So that's the type of situation you can find yourself in. Like the Eagles are laughing about it. Like, ha, you better pay him. We just came off of a Super Bowl run and everything's gravy. But in Baltimore, this is a, a, a team that you haven't went and got the number one wide receiver for him. His best receiver is a tight end. He's the, the relationship is deteriorating. They're questioning whether they should pay him or not. And frankly, I don't know that Lamar Jackson remains a Raven going past 2023. So what's the situation with the Ravens? What do you think is going to happen, Jay? You know, being being a fan there, I don't want to hear the fan side of you. I want to hear the the reality side of you and what you think is going to come about with this contract dispute that that is at a standstill with the Ravens. They, 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 it looks like they're going to franchise tag them. Yeah, unfortunately, I think, uh, speaking objectively, I think they're going to end up doing the um, – the exclusive franchise tag, which pays him $45 million for the season, um, which end up might be in a little bit less um, once, it, once it averages out. But I think he won't play on that tag, but I think it gives him it gives the team longer to negotiate um, because right now they only have two more weeks to negotiate. So I think they're going to end up franchise tagging him and then eventually um, trying to get that deal done. Um, but... From what it seems, it doesn't seem like they're budging at all. So um, it doesn't seem like that deal will get done. But I, I totally don't expect him to play on the franchise tag right. because then, you, you've seen other instances where where players play without getting paid. Um, the one I can remember the most is um, Earl Thomas. He ended up having a serious injury, not getting paid, and everyone was like, "Hey, you shouldn't have played." And he, yeah, you know, he, he flipped the bird to the whole crowd. He's just like. <laughs> This is how he feels and about the, the organization. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I definitely don't expect Lamar. Somebody's going to give him that money. Oh, yeah. You know, 100%. teams like the Jets, maybe even the Lions. Um, commanders. You no, know, maybe, yeah, Commanders, Falcons. Somebody wants him. Somebody will pay him that money. Dolphins. Because not only, yeah, you're not only looking at what he can do on the field, but you're looking at what you, the excitement that he can bring into your fan base, the excitement that he can bring into your arena. You know, the only number eight jerseys you see all around the world, yeah. you know, imagine that being in your franchise. You can you can risk paying him the money and, and being bad for a year or two while you build everything, but definitely, I definitely could see um, a team giving him what he wants. Yeah, and going back to what you said about the tag and, and how if they tag him, it gives them more time to negotiate. I mean, how much more time do they need? What more do they need to see? I think we've seen enough of Lamar Jackson's career to where you believe he deserves – Every dollar he expects. Deshaun Watson kind of blew up the quarterback market getting that deal and the Browns desperately paying him the 230 guaranteed or whatever the fuck it was, 240, whatever it was. But Lamar Jackson actually wins games. Lamar Jackson actually has, you know, productivity. He is an MVP, right? This guy is a dual threat quarterback in, in the future of the quarterback prototype, right? Obviously, you would like to see him hit on more throws. There was some shit this season and last season where he could have looked better. Um, injury has become a, a concern. But at the same time, when you have a guy like him as prolific as he is, as game-changing as he is, 
And when you look at his numbers where turnover ratio is amazing, he doesn't turn the ball over like that, and his win percentage is high, that speaks sign him, sign him. Because if somebody's willing to, that means I, I don't want to go – no, nah, I can't say that. But I heard it's possible that Dan Snyder – might just throw the checkbook at him on his way out because Dan Snyder is going to be on his way out from Washington <laughs> and he yeah. might just like try to fuck up the league and throw the checkbook at him. The only thing I think about that, which would be interesting to see him with that roster, they have talent over there, is that that NFC East went from like worst to not first, but one of the better, stronger divisions in football with the Giants emerging, um, the Eagles going to the Super Bowl, the Commanders obviously having ups and downs but looking like they can be a quarterback in some offensive alignment away and then the Cowboys obviously every year competing quote unquote to an extent they want to uh, they want a playoff game on the road this year so um it, it'll be interesting to see Lamar's situation unfold um but I don't expect that he he plays any football without a deal so I kind of left you out on this one E but I do want to move forward talk about another quarterback or two um Derek Carr, right? He's got an interesting situation himself. He met with the Jets. I believe he met with the Saints. He's going to take his time with this. He said that he wants to really sit back and figure out what he's going to do with his future. I'd imagine that this will hopefully be the last team he plays for. I mean, he was drafted a Raider and spent a good 10, 11 years there, whatever it was. Pro Bowl quarterback, had ups and downs. Can throw the ball and can make elite throws. We know that we've seen it. Where do you guys feel like Derek Carr ends up this fall? Start with E. I think New York is a good fit for him. Um, I like that idea if they have Brees Hall back. Um, I think that that is going to open up the field for him a lot. Granted, if he goes there, um, I would like to see him in New York. That would be a good look for, for not only New York, but for him as well. I think that would fit. Okay. What about you, Jay? Um, I would I would love to see him in New York, you know, like um out there you got um a young weapon in Wilson, you know, you got those running backs, Carter, Brees Hall. Um the line is shaping up, they're probably gonna draft another lineman coming up here. The defense is definitely might go on a whim and say it might be a top ten defense, um, without looking out the stats or anything. You know, they're 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 surging in the right direction. I would love to see him end up in New York, For sure. but I think he's going to end up in New Orleans. I think um, a, a smaller market, um, a softer division. You got Michael Thomas. Hopefully, you got Alvin Kamara. Um, uh, they also have um, Olave. You know, they got some weapons out there. Um, I think it's just a um, a more. I think he has less pressure in New Orleans. You know, because um, to beat Tampa Bay. The Falcons, the Panthers, that's a very easy road, in my opinion, yep. especially given what they have there. Whereas to try and go against Josh Allen, Tua, um, who knows what the Patriots are going to do. Uh, I think that's a, a little bit tougher road. Um, you know, New York is not an easy place to play as well. You know, if if he goes a couple games and he doesn't play well and they have Zach Wilson behind him, it's like, man, it's is going to be a fire in New York. Also, I think yeah. um, also think that New York wants to kind of wait on Rodgers. Um, they want to see what he, he does. So I think they really want Rodgers, but they don't necessarily want to wait and miss out on Carr. But right. I think 
I think Carr would be better suited to go to New Orleans. Yeah, I, I like think, that. I like know, that a lot. Me and June talk a lot about how that division in the South is wide open. So now that Tom Brady's gone, yeah. Now Tom Brady's gone. That division being wide open. Actually, now that you mentioned that, Jay, I I do like him in New Orleans more now. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. <laughs> I, I I like Derek Carr in New Orleans. They have talent over there and and a good defense. The other interesting thing talking about that division is Lamar Jackson, right? If the Falcons want to go aggressively after him, and if, if they do wind up with him he can be the guy in that division and that can suddenly become you know his team to beat uh he's he, he him having a team to beat so it'll be interesting if Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson end up over there I don't think it's highly likely but it is a possibility Aaron Rodgers uh I think it was Jay that said it I do think the Jets are waiting for Aaron Rodgers obviously Woody Johnson came out and and said openly you know we'll spend a bag for a premier top quarterback and Aaron Rodgers, if you look at that roster with the Jets, you said it. You know that defense is trending. That offense has a lot of young often uh, a, a lot of young talent, R- rookie of the year on both sides of the ball, um, and they look like they're a quarterback away from truly competing. You know the Dolphins are going to be tough, the Bills are going to be tough, but the Bills are a beatable team. We've seen that. The Dolphins, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to. I'm not going to respect them until they actually. And it sounds funny because. I'm essentially saying the same thing about the Bills, but the Bills are a really good regular season team, much like the Dolphins were last year. However, the Bills have advanced to the conference championship game, something we haven't seen the Dolphins do um, in however long. But at the same time, that Bills and that Dolphins team both beatable. And we saw the Bills struggle versus Skylar Thompson, right? Skylar Thompson. So, you know, if Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets and, and puts up some numbers over there, ain't no telling. That's all I'll say. It's a tough AFC, but ain't no telling. And uh, I'll be excited to see an Aaron Rodgers-led New York Jet team. He's going to be, uh, if this was the case, he'd be reunited with Nathaniel Hackett, in which he got fired from Green Bay, uh, fired from Denver, but was once in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. What's up, you? I want to put a little hometown salsa into this. Uh, I would like to see that boy Robbie Anderson make his way back to New York City. That would be nice. I, get out of Arizona. Make it back to my co-alumni at South Plant. Make it back to New York City. That's where he needs to be, man. He's uh, He actually enrolled in classes for the University of Miami. So shout out to Robbie Anderson. He's a cane now. Um, I... Robbie Anderson going to the Jets would be exciting. You know, they have Garrett Wilson. They got uh, Elijah Moore, who I hope they I hope they use him this year because, Jesus, you know. Yeah. Oh, you got a talent like that. It, it, it ain't him, you know. It was definitely quarterback and coaching. Um it it would be a it would be a nice help to to stretch the field with the Robbie Anderson. I'm not sure that that he goes though because Arizona is going to probably hold on to what they can. They're not going to let go of him and D Hop, and I do think they probably shop D Hop in the near future. Um, all right, so Saints would be interesting though. Saints would definitely be interesting to see Derek Carr go to. I would I would uh I would like to see that that shake up there. I wanted to touch base on. Two coaching hires. We'll start with the offensive coordinator thing. Um, Eric Bieniemy, Super Bowl, two-time Super Bowl offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, getting signed in Washington um, as an OC, not an HC, right? And this is a big thing around the league where 
Everybody's questioning why he's not getting a fair opportunity to be a head coach. What is it that everybody must see? Why did LaShawn McCoy make those comments that he made as far as him not being, you know, the, the play caller and it not being really him that's that's uh, leading all this success? I'm not sure. However, he did get the job. I'm happy for him. And I will say this. He must be doing something right if you watch that offense in KC. <laughs> for, you know, I, I don't think, you know, Andy Reid, as much as he does, the OC in KC definitely has a big, a big deal. And we've seen guys like Jamal Charles and other Chiefs players vouch for him and um, question LaShawn McCoy, even Tyreek Hill being a Dolphin. You guys have any thoughts on Bien-Ami? I I love the hire. Man, if they could get a quarterback, um, they're, they're, they're not far from being some they're not far from being something that could 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 um could threaten the NFC East because you definitely have Dotson and McLaurin who are I would say two legit um pieces. You know, tight end is a little question because you know Logan Thomas um definitely has some some injury concern, but the backfield is definitely um solid, Gibson and Robinson. Um the line probably needs some work as well, but their defense is, has been pretty stout as well. So I think that's one of the underrated things people don't think about when they think about an offense is how the defense affects the offense, that they get the ball back for them so often that um, there's someone that they could rely on. But, um, yeah, I, I would say um, the commanders could be could be just a quarterback or just a couple pieces away from um, being a contender in the NFC East. Um, another thing to think about, um, I think – uh, Coach Bienemy, I think he kind of was looking at the landscape of available head coaching jobs, and I don't think anything seemed that attractive to him. Um, I, I would say one that he 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 probably probably would have wanted maybe Denver. You know, um, just having some familiarity with the conference. Um, you know, you have an established quarterback. You got some. You got a great defense. Um, you got yeah, those receivers yeah, but John there. John Elway wanted Sean Payton. He was going to get Sean Payton. Yeah, exactly. So. Looking at the, uh, the other jobs, uh, Arizona, uh, Houston, uh, Indianapolis, I don't think anything was that attractive. So, hey, why not um, go and make my name here? If I can turn this around, um, get us I'll into the playoffs. definitely have a head coaching job. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. They're going to come knocking. Give, give them two to three seasons, uh, somebody will come poach them for sure. No, I, I definitely agree with that. I'm not sure if you had any uh... – any questions, comments, concerns about your former OC, Ethan? Um, it sucks, but Wish um, luck, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> it was a mutual thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, yeah, definitely. Obviously, all the best. I think he's uh, going into like you were saying, Jay, the best possible situation. If he were to leave, you know, the two-time champion Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> I think he's in the best place that he could be at this point. Um, that, like you said, division's trending in a way where it looks like uh, it's kind of similar to uh, the NFC South, where that it kind of looks a little wide open. So, I think it's it's a good it's a good little train to try to turn it's, around. It's, for it's wide open in different ways, though. Pause, like you know that NFC South, is, it's just, it's a dumpster fire. The NFC <laughs> East is a competitively wide open. You don't know who's gonna win because you have exactly. you have four good teams there that that uh all have a fair share of winning a fair shot and that's if the commanders can land a quarterback this offseason because you know the Carson Wentz thing didn't work and the Tyler Heineke thing has run uh has run and I don't think they've had a repeat winner of that division in the last 15 years so 
that's I will that's, say this. That's some, it's some great parody there. I will say this. They'll have one next year, and it will be the Eagles. <laughs> I'll say that. And I hope that Ron Rivera is going to let him coach and and kind of you know open that offense to him. You know Ron Rivera is a run the ball and, and play tough defense of guy, you know. So it's going to be interesting to see what type of offense they're going to install. And I think they're going to have to base it around what kind of quarterback they, they land. But um, hopefully the enemy gets the – you know, the the play calling and, and the openness to, to be able to make decisions in that offense. Um, on the other news, Colts hired Eagles offensive coordinator, the first, the first offense to score 35 points in Super Bowl history and lose. I mean, it was super impressive to see all season what they've been able to do. And frankly, since Steichen took over play calling, in 2021, I think it was around week six or so when after the Eagles had that early skid, Steichen took over play calling, and we've just seen the the progression in Jalen Hurts' game, and the run game has been you know top of the NFL. The Eagles have, um, so I'm super excited as a Colts fan personally. I think it's a great fit. We have a great run game, or we have a great running back and an offensive line that's one of the highest paid, but one of the more underperforming um i'm sure he can come in and figure things out because there's still talent there on that o-line it's not like it went anywhere uh but i do believe coaching had a lot to do with the lack of success there um hopefully we can either draft a receiver or sign one in free agency make a trade something we need to get some help and then you know whoever the quarterback of the future is for the colts whether it be cj stroud bryce young anthony richardson one of those guys I think that a coach like Shane Steichen is, is the perfect candidate, you know, to, to get him right. We saw what he was able to do in the help with developing Jalen Hurts into who he is as a quarterback. So uh, I'm super excited for that hire. I think it was a good hire. It took about 12 weeks and 12-hour interviews, five-hour interviews, and and um, ultimately Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard landed their guy. And I'll say this as a Colts fan, it could have went it, the last time we were looking for a coach. It was McDaniel's. Then he walked out on us. Then we hired Reich. And then, you know, now we took 12 weeks to figure it out with five hour interviews and seven to nine candidates. It looks like we got the right guy. So um, I could be, I could be totally wrong, but what you've seen and what I've seen, there's nothing that indicates this is a bad hire one bit. So shout out to coach Steichen. Um, and and I hope the Colts can get a C.J. Stroud in the draft here, for real, for real. Hey, I saw a funny yeah. tweet. I wanted to go back to uh, Aaron Rodgers. So Adam Schefter tweets, the room in which Aaron Rodgers spent his time is particularly under, partially underground, hobbit-like structure with 300 square feet of space, devoid of light, with a queen bed, a bathroom, and a meditation-like mat on the floor. So Willie Sneed replies to this tweet, Ain't nobody paying attention to Aaron Rodgers. He just wants some attention like a female. And then PFT says he's training to live in New York. Interesting. The funniest tweet, though, <laughs> it was OGX Jeezy. He said, Mahomes out, here, <laughs> Mahomes out here about to win his second ring on a bad ankle and my quarterback in a cabin with no power somewhere smoking crack. <laughs> so it's just some, some, funny, some funny tidbits on that Aaron Rodgers situation. I hope he signs sooner than later. He did say that he was going to, uh, 
you know, take his time with this retreat and then make a decision soon after. I'm sure he's going to announce to Pat McAfee <laughs> first. Hey, and, and, oh no, he goes on Tuesday. So today's Thursday. So maybe, maybe by the top of, top of next week, we might get some Aaron Rodgers news. Um, if not, we'll just, we'll just wait because, you know, we can't hang our hats on this guy. We know that <laughs> he'll make us wait. I wanted to, my uh, take, yeah, yeah, go I would ahead. say, oh, really quick, I would say my take on, on that, um, is why would anyone want Aaron Rodgers right now? Because I think one thing from my point of view on like professional sports organizations amongst all sports is you want to limit distractions. So when I'm from a team's outlook, what what can Aaron Rodgers bring to your team? MVP what's what's like what what's the what's that? That's the one positive. And has he played like an MVP? When was the last time? Last year. And you know, like I mean, I mean, he won the MVP two years ago. I mean, they didn't make the playoffs last year. And, no, not last you know, year. You had to play the... But the year before oh, that, no. I mean, they did make the NFC Championship, yeah. you know. And the year before that as well, they made the... Uh, I think they went back-to-back NFC Championships. Was it back-to-back or was it the Niners that went back-to-back NFC Championships? Nonetheless, they did make the playoffs in back-to-back yeah. seasons, deep runs. Aaron Rodgers wins last year or the year before last, MVP. Um, he hasn't won a Super Bowl, and I get that. That's like, you know, his biggest mm-hmm. critic... His biggest criticism, you can say, and I'm not going to blame you for that argument. But at the end of the day, I mean, I'm not going to question his talent, right? Like Aaron Rodgers still got it. I think Aaron Rodgers can still throw the ball among the best of them. And given a good situation in Green Bay, you know, he didn't he didn't have the receivers, but he also didn't put in the work in the offseason with what he had. And, you know, I think that that goes to his. I don't want to say selfishness. But his ways, those are his ways, and and they're not the most beneficial. But I also think that his relationship in Green Bay has sort of just been flustered up, down, up, down, up, down, to where he was in a more carefree or yeah, carefree mode. I think, like, say he goes to a New York team, he's going to be more motivated. He's going to be ready to take on New York media and understand what comes with that, if that were to be the case. So... I, I get your argument and, and I'm I'm one foot in, one foot out on it, but I do still think Aaron Rodgers is an elite level talent and that's enough to say this is why we want Aaron Rodgers. But I, I see I see your argument. Go ahead. No, I would say uh just thinking about the money that he would want, he's looking at what a, a fifty million dollar deal. Yeah, um to potentially like maybe what play one season. So would would Aaron Rodgers lift the Jets to the Super Bowl? I can't definitively say yes. Yeah, Based yeah, on his play I last year, I, I can't no, definitively I say yes. Um, I think one team that would definitely should take a shot at him would would be like Tampa Bay. They have the weapons around them. They have um, some pieces on defense. Um, like we were saying, weak division, easy path. You know, you're going to be right there. You might even um, mess around, get a bye. Um because you got some very winnable games there. But um, I think just my whole take is, even if you're the Packers, um, you drafted Julian Love. He even showed some some, some flashes last year. Yeah. Why not um, Why not see what you have there? Kind of similar to what Brett Favre was doing to Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of, um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's the same, but it's, it's kind of similar. It's like he's holding on where like this young guy is not really getting his chance. And wouldn't it be so ironic if, he ends up going to the Jets the same way Brett Favre did. But <laughs> I just would say, um, I don't know. Is it worth $50 million? And 
he may or may not play well, and then he'll be out and giving you that whole run around and I'm going to retire type of thing. But I, I definitely think he is talented. If, if he has pieces around him, he can make some shape. EP, you had something to say? Nah, my fault. That was uh, an accident. Huh. <laughs> you tricked me with the okie doke. No, nah, I got you. I got you, uh, Jay. Though, I, and and that was funny with with Je- uh, Brett Favre going to the Jets. I mean, Brett Favre took the Jets to the playoffs and lost to the Bears in the exactly. NFC Championship game. So <laughs> that'd be pretty ironic if he was able to do that as well. Um, I don't think I don't think I, Aaron Rodgers is going to go anywhere. I think he's just going to take that that money and and tell Kevin he tell Kevin Love wow tell Love to just kind of sit down for a little bit. Um, but I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I think, I, was, I think Green Bay is more apt to deal with with his shenanigans. I, I you know. I just wanted so to correct to myself. I, I I think he uh he did win a Super Bowl, right? No, no, no. I, Brett Favre went to the playoffs with the Vikings, correct? Yeah, not yeah, not he, with the Jets. I don't think he made the playoffs with the Jets. I could be wrong, but I don't think he made the playoffs with the Jets. Anyways. But yeah, so moving past NFL, I wanted to touch on a sticky situation in college basketball before we get out of here. He's going to give us his uh, EPL closing notes. But Brandon Miller, University of Alabama, you know, uh, you know, a freshman of the year candidate, one of the best players, if not the best player in college basketball. I'm not sure if you're aware of the situation, uh, Jay. I'm sure you are. But just to kind of give the listeners some perspective, um, he he's basically been involved in a in, involved through. Uh, how do I say this? There's a crime, a murder, right? Where. A woman gets shot, a woman, a mother gets shot and killed in a situation where another teammate of his is the guy behind the trigger. And he asks Brandon Miller to essentially bring him a weapon, right? A loaded pistol. Brandon Miller allegedly didn't know he was delivering the murder weapon that night. Um, things turn left, woman gets shot and killed, and he's just in the middle of this situation. He didn't pull the trigger. He didn't necessarily, allegedly, know what was going to happen, right? But he found himself in a situation where your teammate murdered a woman and is in jail now, and you are the one who kind of helped set this thing up. His car was also like accidentally blocking the victim's car from getting away. It's a sticky situation, but I just wanted to touch base on how do you guys feel that he's still playing and hasn't been disciplined by the university at all? Because I know it's not a legal matter. He's he's not, he didn't break a law, right? He's innocent by law. However, there was no disciplinary action by the university. How do you guys kind of feel about this? I wanted to hear your thoughts, Jay. Um, I, to be honest, I definitely, I don't have any, any problem with it because it's different from him being there to be a part of the situation or him bringing the weapon there with 
the known intent that um, it was going to be used um, for a violent reason. Um, he is as bad as it sounds. He's is it, really wrong place at wrong time. Um, he was going to be with Darius, the the, um, the person who ended up pulling the trigger. He was going to be with Darius anyways. Um, he was his ride, and the gun wasn't his. Uh, allegedly, it's Darius's gun. So um, he has he has no involvement in the situation. Period. Um, with ill intent, he had no intent of carrying on this violent act or, or anything. Um, especially since the um, the district attorney says they can't charge him with anything. Um, I don't see any reason to hold him accountable. E. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, I do want to say, like, pray, definitely prayers to everybody involved. Um, you know, a life was lost. Uh, a, a mother was lost, if I'm not mistaken. She was a mother. A, a daughter was lost, a family member. Uh, so prayers up to everybody involved. I always I always take it to the extent, June knows, where um, even uh, Darius is, like, you know, you're playing for a Division One basketball school. Like, this is something that you played for your entire life. You know what I mean? And not necessarily prayers up to him i mean definitely because he's involved in the situation but like his family like people that depend on him like people that were depending on him um at the end of the day though like alabama said they you know they have their own legal team they took their own legal matters and i mean that's all i can really say about that really if if the school deemed that he was all right to play and he was cleared to play then i mean play ball i think it definitely is a sticky situation and like people should definitely feel some type of way as far as however they're entitled to feel however they feel about it, you know? Um, but then the day if it was cleared, I mean, play ball. Well, I just want to, I want to, so you say he was, you know, they said he was cleared. So play ball. Um, I, I disagree with that, I guess, mindset because there have been countless times in sports where people have said, yeah, this is the case. Just do it. Just that. And we don't agree with it. So my pushback would be you know by law he's innocent right he didn't he didn't he wasn't aware allegedly he was gonna be he was gonna be his ride like it wasn't through ill intent i get that but we have to look at this i think morally and we have to look at how insensitive it can be viewed and whether you agree or not um a life was lost, like EP said, and for the school to not even kind of blink an eye, I mean, the, the sole reason that the, the, the there was no blink of an eye as far as him playing or not is because he's a top five player in the country. Like, if this guy was a number nine player on the bench or, you know what I'm saying, out of the rotation, I'm sure, I'm sure this would be looked at and scrutinized a whole different way. Now... Do I think that he should be kicked off the team? Do I think that he should have been suspended for the rest of the season and not able to participate? I don't. Do I think that there should have been some sort of disciplinary action? Maybe why is my basketball star riding around campus with a loaded pistol? Like, I didn't know that that was okay in University of Alabama's rules. So, like... If we break it down to the bare minimum of things, he did something wrong. It's not like he's you can't you don't go home to your mom and explain the story and she's going to look at you like, "Don't worry, you're good." Like, by law, yeah, you're good. Like, your ass is is you're safe. You're all right, bet. 
But let's be real. In in a moral in a moral outlook, he's involved in the situation, not the crime. But he's involved in the situation, and I think it'd be responsible for the school to at least discipline him in the sense of, first of all, bro, you have to learn from this. Do you think this, like, do you know how the NBA draft uh, interviews are going to go now with this situation? This isn't going to be just a pushover. They're going to question and pin him on this, like, yo, are you ready to be the face of our franchise after being involved in such a, you know, unfortunate situation? And again, it's not to put the blame all on him. It's not to say he knew what was going to happen. It's not to say this is all his fault. It's not. I don't agree with that. But I do think, you know, this a kid that was involved in a situation, whether you like to hear that or not, where a mother, a daughter, a sister, whatever, was life was taken, and he's just out there every night trying to help the university keep their name in the NCAA tournament bracket. That's 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 what we're looking at. And I think it's pretty insensitive. And I think that it's irresponsible of the coach. Because at the end of the day, as a coach, you want your best players out there and you want to have your best shot to win your games. But you also have to make the adult decisions. You have to make the hard decisions. That's why they hired you as the coach. And I understand they have a legal team who did you know this, that, and the third. But the legal team for Alabama is going to give the school the news of the best interest for the school, right? They're not going to say what is morally right or wrong. They're not going to be the, the the father of the situation. They're going to say, look, he he's good, all right? Look, fucking play him. And you have to take that information with the, with the, with the notion that, okay, I can, as a coach, play him because I know that he technically didn't do anything against the law. But it's not to say he didn't do anything wrong. And I have to look at, I don't know if he's going to have to look at the woman's mother and father and family members, but you have to think like maybe a five game suspension would have helped. Maybe sit out. Meanwhile, this investigation is ongoing and we make sure the smoke clears and everything we're thinking checks out because it's still an investigation, still an open case. That's my point of view on it. I'm not here to say Brandon Miller doesn't deserve to play basketball. He shouldn't be in the NBA. He shouldn't. No, he's a great player. I, I don't know him personally, and I wouldn't attack his character in that way. But I do think he did something wrong in this situation that deserves some sort of punishment. And the fact that he can just be out there night after night, distract. Look at he played SC. He dropped 41, so he's not the one that's distracted. But you know, he goes to the free throw line, and you got the crowd cheering, lock him up, lock him up. It's just a sticky situation that's gonna become a very toxic thing, for, or can become a very toxic thing for the locker room. So that's kind of my thoughts on it. I don't, I don't look at you guys any different for having your opinion on it. You know, that's just my opinion. Um, but but I do think it's pretty insensitive for the University of Alabama, fitting at the same time for the U- University of Alabama to do something like that. But I will say this: if it comes out like you were alluding to that, you know, he the only reason he's on the court is because he's top five player in the country. If it comes out later on that this is a messier situation than you know has been reported so far, then yeah, that's that's you know. So because you look at you look at the right fact there. that like. Okay, he didn't know, allegedly, right? Because there's it's plausible deniability. It's one of those things. It's like you can't prove it. It's not to say you can't put two and two together. It's not to say 
like he's a fucking dumbass and he didn't know that he his man was hollering at a chick and chick's dude checked him and now he's hot and now he's telling him pull up like we're we're grown men let's be real we're grown men and you can't act oblivious to the fact that a life was lost in a situation that could have wholeheartedly been avoided so that's my take on it Again, everybody has their opinion, and I respect everybody's. I just don't respect the University of Alabama for letting this situation um, just play on as if nothing happened because they're going to get knocked out of the tournament anyways. I don't have enough time to get all the way into the tournament, um, so we'll talk more college basketball next week, E. But I did want you to close us out with uh, EPs, EPL, and Champions League news. Please move us forward and get us out of here before, uh, before we get Jay on his way. I bet. So Champions League going crazy right now. Love the uh, the competition. I don't see anyone stopping Napoli, uh, whether it's in Italy or in the Champions uh, League series. So I do think that uh, Napoli will be will win the Champions League this league. I'll make an early prediction. Champions League doesn't end until like May. Um, earlier today, Man U. This is gonna segue me me into EPL. Man United uh, came back on Barcelona in the Europa League. They were down one nil, scored two straight, one two one. They're in some crazy form right now. Um, going over to EPL, they are in the top three at forty nine points, about five points behind Arsenal that's in first, and three points behind Man City that's in second. Um, and they are just whipping in the form right now. Sixteen games left in this season, in the uh, club season anyway. Um, so it's definitely exciting. The biggest thing for me right now, though, in, uh, in the English Premier League is uh, Newcastle and Tottenham being uh, Newcastle at five and Tottenham at four. Uh, top four obviously gets you Champions League next year. Uh, five gets you Europa League. And they got one point in between them. I do see uh, Newcastle's road ahead. The rest of the season is a little easier. So I actually do see them probably ending up in that top four in the English Premier League. Uh, Tottenham has Champions League to focus on right now. And they really, they're inconsistent and they, they need to get something. I don't think they have a shot at winning the EPL. So I think that Tottenham will go all in for Champions League. Um, but they are also down right now in the round of 16 on aggregate. So um, it's going to be interesting to see them play AC Milan in the second game because uh, AC Milan is not playing and they're in great form. I don't think that AC Milan should necessarily win, but Tottenham needs to know how to take advantage of AC Milan's weaknesses. So that's going to be a big game um, next week. And at the same time, Fulham sitting right there at six in the EPL. They're in great form. Um, They could fuck around and 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 get that fifth fifth spot in EPL for Europa again 16 games left so uh it's going to be an exciting finish to this uh to this EPL season. Oh, that's EP's EPL and Champions League talk. We appreciate you for putting in that work and uh giving us and the listeners some information that I'm sure a lot of us weren't aware of, but we're trying to build this this community <laughs> of soccer fans. We want to invite all sports fans to the All Things Sports podcast. Um, again, I want to say, Jay, we appreciate you stopping by. We wish you nothing but the best, you know, um, on all your, your future, you know, whatever you get into, whether it's clothing, whether it's whatever the fuck, we hope you the best. Um, I saw you wanted to get back into a men's basketball league. So, you know, we, we, we wish you, uh, best health, get that knee, right. Go, go put some buckets up on them boys. I appreciate it. Already. Thank uh, you. I appreciate it. E, uh, any, any other final thoughts you have before you get up out of here? 
I mean, again, Jay, appreciate you for coming on. Uh, I've met you twice. Vibes are always great. Vibes are always solid. So definitely thank you for coming on. We're definitely trying to spread this thing um, worldwide, to be honest. <laughs> Number one sports talk radio show, all things sports podcast. You feel yes, me? Uh, um, I'm going to leave out here with this. That's how we end it off. Hey, I, I was <laughs> going to, E, but I had a thought. It's uh, it's February 23rd. It's not as cold as I expected it to be here up north. Uh, and I think it's not a sense of global warming. I think it's more because the Miami Heat are closing in on a uh, on a uh, fifth seed or so. And, and we're looking for a, a playoff run to go deep. And, and, and it, with hopes that Boston and Milwaukee, you know, plays a long first round series, second round series where we have to see them and we have a good shot of getting back to the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I don't have much of, of anything, but go Duke Blue Devils, Red Sox baseball tomorrow. Spring training starts. Shout out to y'all boys for being here with me and uh, everybody that's listening. Thank y'all.